Shut up and sit down. Hello strangers and welcome to the latest episode of Strangers in a Cinema. I'm one of the co-hosts Paul Anderson here with co-host Grace Williams. Grace, how are you this week? Are you as tired as I feel? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair no, enough. I'm great, yay. I'm not tired. So why, are, tired. why are we tired? Because we did the Raucous Corkers pub quiz last night. And my team won because we're the ultimate champions, but only won by half a point. And then we all had a massive debate about women in film, and I said some really embarrassing stuff, and I only had two. Which I'm not going to. I'm not going to repeat that now, to be honest. I mean, it was quite funny, but I don't think I don't think I'm going to put you through it. In fairness, so uh, yeah, well, yeah. So and then we, as I host this quiz, as people, regular yeah. listeners will probably be yeah. aware. And then we decided that it was going to we were going to go back to a few of us who organised the quiz came back here. Yeah. Uh, and we're up drinking till about half past two. And then all day today, uh, you can yeah. see progress in the studio where there is a triple wardrobe that has now been created out of nothing. Yeah. I've made, I've made that. I haven't made that myself. I'm lying yeah. through my teeth. Yeah, uh, you did. I've hung a mirror, put up some pictures, I've built a table. It's all, been, it's all been very exciting. Yeah. But the move has meant I've only watched about four films in the past week. So <sighs> that's, that's not, not, enough, not the best. So it? No, it's not. No. In, fr- in fairness, I do a film podcast. I should, probably should watch some more films. Uh, I've seen Shazam, though, uh, at a preview, which we'll talk about on probably next week's show. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be a so, double whammy next week because Pet Cemetery's out yes, tomorrow. Pet Cemetery is out. Is it out tomorrow? I thought it was Tomoza. Or is it even... No, it's not tonight. No, it's tomorrow. Oh, okay. Starts tomorrow. I'm going. Are you going? Shall I tell you a time that I'm not going to turn up to? <laughs> <laughs> like I did to you. The, well, I did to you with us as well. Yeah, and I did yeah. for Dumbo. Yeah. yeah so cool. we're doing well. We've tried to go to the cinema together, listeners, twice now, uh, and it's failed miserably both times. So, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what we're doing tomorrow night yet. I'm, well, Laura's booked for us to go. Laura's booked for Friday. Ah. Because uh, I thought it. I think Laura thought it came out on Friday as well. Oh, so we're well. on Friday. So fine. Yeah. But we'll There'll go be on Thursday film. and eat chocolate popcorn and. Yeah. I'll say, oh, I know more than you right now. That's going to be good. Yeah. I think it looks really good. I thought the trailer, if the trailer's anything to go by, and don't get me wrong, there are a lot of bad horror films with really good trailers, but yeah. if the trailer's anything to go by, I think they've, I think it feels to me like they've nailed it. It looks looks very, very good. Admittedly, like, I mean, let's start, we're going to be talking about other trailers as well in the show, so let's yes, talk about this coming, trailer anyway. Coming Attractions is back. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that now. We'll do that section now. We'll yes, throw yeah, it in. As we've started talking about trailers, we will continue. So Coming Attractions is a segment that we used to do a while ago uh, where we just talk about uh, favourite new trailers that have been released. Um, there's a couple this week that have caught our attention, but we yeah, yeah. We, st- we started on the Pet Cemetery trailer, so we may as well continue on that. Oh, you put bubble wrap next to me things. again. I know. I just haven't I haven't finished unpacking it. But... <sighs> okay. Sorry, I'll resist. <laughs> so Pet Cemetery trailer, what are, you, what are your thoughts? We're going to talk um, about that now. I had to put my hands over my eyes, though, because it's like, I don't want to know the whole movie. Have you read the book? No. Oh, okay. Then, I haven't even yeah. watched the original. I'm just, and I'm really upset with myself. And I bought the original on DVD thinking I'm going to watch that before the new one comes out. But then it's like, oh, no, actually, I'll watch the new one and then I'll watch the old one yeah, the book. The book is probably one of my favourite Stephen King books. Uh, I haven't read all of his work, admittedly, but I've read a fair no. number. Um, probably second to Tommy Knockers, which is my absolute favourite. Um, and the Dark Tower series, which I think sort of stands separately to it. But, yeah, Pet Cemetery is a book that I really liked. 
the original adaptation is fine. It's I'd say it's probably on a par with the original It miniseries. Um, it's it's nothing special, but it does a good enough job. It's not aged okay. particularly well, so but you're the not it missing miniseries a lot. is one of my favourite movies of all time. So yeah. is that going to mean that the original Pet Cemetery is going to be? Well, maybe. You know, maybe. God. I mean, it's it's not a bad it's not a bad adaptation yeah. by any stretch. It's just not. I don't. It's not. It doesn't jump out at me as being no. particularly special. So but this one, we're like pretty sold. Yeah, I think the trailer yeah. the trailer's terrifying. It looks to have nailed the feel of the book. Um mm. but the trailer does give away quite a lot of plot yeah. points for sure. So. Bloody hell trailers. Stop um, it. Yeah. Unlike another trailer we just watched, which blew our minds. <laughs> the Joker. Yes. That didn't give away too this many is, plot points. No, this is I mean you know what happens. So but... I think that the problem with trailers and before we talk get to the actual Joker trailer is that it just trailers these days, I think if there just needs to be one if they make one good teaser trailer. Yeah. That for me is enough. Yeah. I don't know I don't know how you feel on this because there's there's sometimes like four or five different trailers and like it, yeah. there's so many plot points are given away. Terminator Genesis is a prime example of giving away a major it wasn't a great film but still gave away a major plot point in the trailer. Yeah. Um too many action scenes are spoiled. I think Fast and Furious 7 is another prime example where pretty much there was a bit of every action scene in the trailer. Mm. Um for me a good trailer just needs to it doesn't need to tell you the story necessarily. It just needs to set the scene and capture the mood of the film. Mm. And I think the Joker trailer, going back to that, yeah. does that incredibly well. Where do yeah. you stand on that? Do you do you, miss... you do you like lots of trailers or would no, you rather have one? I miss the trailers which are like this summer, see Robert De Niro in a role you've never seen him in before, in a set and this thing. Da, da, da. I like that. I like the old trailers like that. Bring those back. Remember? Just voiceover that? man trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the text little on the screen. Yeah, with... this this and this magazine said that this film is a, you know <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, bring that back. No, I don't like my trailers long. I just like just no because there's a five minute end game one knocking around on YouTube at the moment. I've got no desire to see a whole five minutes of a film that's not out yet. Yeah, um, I, I know what you mean. I know a lot of people kind of jizz over that sort of thing, but like, yeah, I wasn't. Um, I, I mean, obviously, it's good to see little oh main bit Captain Marvel's in the trailer, but we all knew she yeah. I don't know. I, I wasn't I wasn't super keen on that new Endgame trailer, just like stylistically, because it had like a bit of a Sin City thing going on and I was a bit confused. Okay. But maybe that's just me. I maybe think, it's awesome. Yeah, I think they've done they've done a good job on the trailer so far, in all honesty, for Endgame. But the Joker, let's get back to the Joker, Joker. trailer. What did you think? Yeah, yeah. Good, wasn't it? Set in New York. New York So I'm sold. Um no, the trailer was um well done. It didn't it it, it kind of uh, showed the character arc enough. Do you know I mean, there's so many different phases of Joaquin Phoenix yeah. as the Joker. Um, and it gave you like the full Joker costume, but still didn't really give away too much of how it got there, which I thought was good. It's still, I'm not going to go into that going, how does this go? Unless you've read the comics, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm with you, to be honest. I, mean, I thought he would make a great Joker anyway. My concern still is that it's Todd Phillips. I'm not sure how much I rate him as a director what else he done hangover so... one two and three um oh. a lot of comedy stuff i think he did war dogs right i'm pretty sure he did war dogs as okay. well, which i haven't seen but hasn't reviewed that well I, I don't know i think he's a good he's you know i think he's he's made a ha he's made a handful of good comedies the first hangover being one of them but then he's also made hangover two and three which is just yeah. terrible so 
I'm a bit dubious as to whether he's the right choice or not, but Joaquin Phoenix certainly looks the part in this and sounds the part, I think. I think he looks menacing. Mm. Um, I think the the look of the film looks great. It's definitely gone for a more gritty, um, realistic approach to the character, more akin to probably what we've seen from Heath Ledger's performance than Jared Leto's terrible effort, uh, in my yeah. opinion, in Suicide but he's, Squad. So. Yeah, he's going back for Suicide Squad, though, so we're going to have like well, two... I don't, he's supposed to be, but I, I, I don't know why they would have him back, to be honest. I think it would very much depend on... And How Joaquin Phoenix gets on. And Jared Leto is Leto Leto um, is filming for um, Morbius at the moment uh, okay. in Manchester, which is being filmed as New York. That's a bit okay. of film, isn't that weird? Like, oh, yeah. let's film New York in Manchester. Yeah. You know, do you know Tax Morbius? Credits, Morbius. Uh, I don't know much about the character Morbius. Is it a comic? It's a comic book character. Marvel. It, yeah, he's a vampire. Okay. Vampires, yeah. So, you know, that's probably going to be a part of wank, isn't it? <laughs> Jared Leto. Stop it. Just go back. So you said you weren't going to make any more movies when you went into 30 Seconds of Mars. And now, look, you just won't yeah, stop. Yeah, but once you stop making movies, you made the music you made with 30 Seconds of Mars. So it's it's this double-edged sword, isn't it? <sighs> if he stops making movies, he might ruin, he might annoy us all with his shitty music again. Yeah. So there is that gamble, I guess. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix, I think this looks great. It's a really well-cut trailer. If you haven't seen it yet, find it. It's online now. Yeah. And um, he was obviously in, in You Were Never Really Here. He was obviously like prepping for the mother-son role. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> I just can't stop looking after my mum yeah. in all the films. Um, yeah, looks looks all right. I, I think the hair still looks too similar to Joe um, to Heath Ledger's Joker. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Do you think they've deliberately tried to make him look a bit more like Heath Ledger's Joker? Or? Probably because mm. then like people like that one, so they will like this one, won't they? Yeah, I maybe. don't know. Maybe. I'm I'm moderately excited for this one. I'm yeah. quietly confident that it might be quite good. Good riv action um, as well. Quite machinist. Yeah, that I was, was like creepy. that was quite gross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some really that. creepy moments in the trailer, so I think it's gonna be yeah, I think it's yeah. gonna be quite a dark a dark film overall. What else did we see a trailer for? I I love Jim Jarmusch's new film, um, The Dead Don't Die, I want to say. Dead Don't called. Die, yo. Yeah. Here's um, another X and I'm going to do. How many, how many good people are in this film? I think we... Who did we spot in the trailer? I, people I think are good. Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Iggy Pop. Yeah. That was my... You can't see my Iggy Pop impression. Of course, there's no camera. Who else? Tom Waits. Tom Waits. Adam Driver's in there. Yeah, Whether you he think is. he's good or not. Whether you think he's good or not. The cast... If he's if he's more in the line of how he was in Black Klansman, then that's fine. It's, no, I think it's enough. just... I think, like, what is it I saw him in? Inside Lewin Davis, and I hated that film. And I was just okay. like, ugh. And then he was in Star Wars, and I was like, ugh. And then everyone was like, Patterson, what a great movie. And I was like, oh, Adam Driver, you're so... Sh- oh, I hate your face. And then <laughs> and then I watched Black Klansman, and I was like, okay, you're all right. I'll, I'll give you a pass. So. Okay, that's well, my backstory. Hold Adam on. Driver, if you're listening, Grace gives you a pass. I give so you a pass. He's gonna give you not a chance in that way. In this, yeah, just um, in a watchable way. So yeah, he's so who in did it. we spot? We spotted. I'm pretty sure I spotted Danny Glover. Yeah, Adam Driver. Yeah, Bill Murray. Tilda Swinton was in there. Yeah, Grace um, Tom Waits, Iggy Selena Pop, Gomez, Selena Iggy Pop, Gomez. Tom Waits. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this film. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi's in here. Um, and basically, it looks like Jim Jarmusch's take on a more traditional zombie, sort of zombie hack em yeah. up, um, with Tilda Swinton as a Scottish samurai, which looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I'm all over this one, to be honest. I'm very excited for this. Me also. I just think Jim Jarmusch with that cast um, doing zombies, what can go wrong? I'm really tired. Remind me of Jim Jarmusch films apart from the Iggy Pop, then Jim the Jarmusch documentary. Did, Jim Jarmusch did Patterson. Oh. Uh, he also did, yeah, Coffee and Cigarettes. Uh-huh. He also did Dead Man with Johnny Depp, which is uh-huh. really good. He did Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai. Uh-huh. Uh amongst others, which I can't yeah. remember off the okay. top of my head. So... I was looking over there to the Blu-ray shelf, but all the Blu-rays Jamush. are covered in covered in boxes at the moment. So okay. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right, the Vampire then. One with Tom Hiddleston. Oh, Only Lovers Left Alive. Only Lovers Left Alive, yeah. Yeah, alright. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I'm quite excited about I'm very excited about that film to be honest. Wicked. I think the trailer looks great. Again, yeah. the trailer's out there now, so let us know. Have a look at it, let us know what you think. Yeah. Um that's it for coming attractions. We'll be yeah. back after this brief break with what have we been watching? What have we been watching? This segment is called that. <laughs> Good. Good. You're learning. I like this. I like this. You love opening segments, don't you? No. Can... No. <laughs> Not at all. Um, what have you been watching then? I'll make it easier for you. There you go. What have you been watching? Um, I watched so much stuff. I watched Motley Crue's The Dirt. I'm, I do want to watch this. It looks quite entertaining. Within the first five minutes, someone a woman squirts into someone's face. Sorry, that's the only way I could describe it. But that's what happens. And you know the tone of the film for the rest of it. It was good. It was better than Bohemian Rhapsody. In terms of doc, film talking. In terms of squirting, or just in general? <laughs> there wasn't enough squirting in, in Bohemian Rhapsody. I no. think, to be honest, if Freddie Mercury was like, I think the squirting actually wasn't enough. Um, no, just in terms of, like, it was just way more... Ed- like, for a rock band film, it was way edgier. I mean, obviously, I mean, Motley Crue's The Dirt book is notoriously one of the most disgusting and um rock and roll rock biographies you'll ever read um but you know um, i i from reading a lot about freddie mercury's wild parties i think sometimes they might have been on par so i'm kind of comparing them in that respect but yeah it was fine it was like it was quite trashy but motley it was kind of like what you'd expect from a motley crew so is it, a, is it drama dramatization of them? yeah? So it's not actually a documentary. No, no, no. Sorry, it's I'll wipe this. It's some people playing Motley Crue, is it? Yeah, right, yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah, it's a yeah, it's a. But as loads of um, American TV shows keep calling it, it's a biopic. Right, it's okay. not a biopic, is it? That's science. It's a biopic. It's a right. bloody biopic. Um, yeah, it's a basically about. Um, yeah, Motley Crue, Nikki Six, his bad childhood, Tommy Lee, he loved drumming, they all got together, uh, Mick Mars and his scrunchy back, and they're, yeah, and how they got signed, and then they're just so naughty. They're really naughty, Paul. <laughs> really naughty. I don't know if you've read The Dirt, but I there is the dirt, but... an amazing scene in this film where Ozzy Osbourne greets them by a pool and licks up his own wee wee, and then the rest of the band go, oh, that looks hilarious. Let's all join in. So that's I the see. kind of tone for that film. Um, yeah, it's a it's a Netflix production, so you know it's it's fine. I I enjoyed it enough. Um, I might I fancy watching that now. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like, I think you'll probably prefer it to Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, 
I don't think you'll think it's a better made film, but I think you'll enjoy the experience more. Fair enough. Fair so enough. I watched that. Cool. I will find it. Um, what have I been watching? I watched uh, Border. How was um, it? Directed by Ali Abbasi. Um, it is a Swedish film, I think. Ah. Um, written by uh, the guy that bought you... I'm looking at the crew now. What so did he buy me? Box chocolates. The guy that bought you absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> John Alvid Lundqvist, who bought us... Let the Right One In, who wrote that book. Ooh. Uh, which is one which of my, is which your... is actually one of my favourite horror films. I, I love it. And the book, um, actually, sat the, book is, the book is looking at us at the Hello. moment. In fact, so yeah, it's it's an adaptation from a short story from that writer who also co-wrote this script. Yeah, it's a film quite unlike any other, and I would suggest people seek it out um, as soon as they possibly can. Uh, the the premise, without uh, I try not to give too much away, is a young woman, a young woman um, with some pretty severe sort of physical disabilities or deformities. Um, has a sort of a gift to smell out people um, who are lying basically and works in and works in like customs and does an incredibly good job of that. Um, she then happens to meet someone else who appears to have be afflicted with the same illness that she's afflicted with. Um, and they strike up a, a friendship stroke relationship and it goes from there really. But to say any more than that will, will spoil mm, what mm, is a, is a mm. film that certainly has more than mm. one surprise in its in its tale for sure. Yeah. Um but yeah it's it's creepy it's, it's very atmospheric um and yeah it's yeah it's quite unlike any other film you'll see this year I'll be 100% honest yeah. on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the little theater audience um I think some of the the older audience members didn't really know what to make of it to be honest. I bet they did. Oh that was a bizarre one wasn't it? Oh. Golly. <laughs> I mean I love the Swedish films usually but that one was just quite above me really. Yes. Yeah, so Goodness that kind of, me, no yeah, Maggie kind of Smith response. in that one. Yeah, that kind of response, I think. So yep. yeah, no, it's great. Um, it's it's I think it it flags a little. I think about three quarters of the way through, the pacing drops off a little bit. So it, it that doesn't quite fulfil its potential, but still, it, it does enough right to be well worth your time. Um, yeah, that's Border, um, which I th- I imagine will be hitting. Um, home video fair home video how old am I <laughs> fucking video see but that's what you need hitting home videos yeah. and blockbuster near yeah. you I imagine it'll be hitting physical release fairly soon because yeah. it did get a very limited theatrical run so yeah that's border check it out check it out cool um I watched you didn't ask me what have you been watching I've been watching um I watched a sequel to um the houses that October built um, by Danny Rowe. Is that his name? Danny Rowe. Um, the sequel called, is called The Blue Skeleton, and I watched that. Now, you haven't seen The Houses That October Built, have no, you? No, I'm intrigued though, So we basically, last night. Um, the first one, it's 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 basically a load of friends, like, and they, they use their real-life names, and they hire a big RV and go around America and try to seek out the ultimate, like... Um, horror house experience so like um, interactive so you, um, uh, it's a bit like Avon Valley that kind of thing you know where people right, go okay. in there's real life actors and yeah. they've built a house and it's like the ultimate scare yeah, yeah. and basically <clears throat> it gets a bit it's yeah did I say it's found footage it's found footage and it gets a bit sinister because a couple of the um, uh, grounds workers the characters are like stalking them across america and then they don't know whether it's a real like they're in real threat or if it's part of the game and it's all very anyway the second one kind of follows on from the events from that um and again it's like 
you don't it's kind of interesting because it is just like two documentaries about how amazing halloween is in america and how they go all out and it's just like the like it's it's almost like watching like kind of like cosplay documentary or something because like people's you it's really cool just because they they film the actual horror houses so it's kind of like oh that was scary and that was cool and that's a great idea it's almost like watching people's like theater productions or something but then there's this like weird little other plot point to it but yeah so they're they're interesting enough the second one it was a bit sleepy but you know okay no i'm intrigued yeah i'm definitely intrigued to watch those where are they in netflix prime Prime. primester i will find them I will. Yes. Um, and right. road train. <laughs> and road train. I'm still, yeah, I will still get to road train, to be honest. Once I can do, once I've cleared some of these bags that no one can see uh, or cares about, um, I will make an effort to get to road train for sure. Um, right. What else have I watched? As I said, I haven't watched a lot because I've been quite busy. First Man, I rewatched that. Um, we have reviewed it on the show before, so I won't labour too much, too many points on it. Um, a little bit cold in places, I think, and perhaps that's because of Neil Armstrong's character himself. Because I've, I've read some th- some things where apparently he was quite a dry character anyway, so I don't yeah. think Ryan Gosling had a lot to work with in his performance. No, it does feel a bit cold. It does feel potentially a little bit calculated, but Damien Chazelle is clearly clearly a very technically gifted filmmaker Mm. um so for me the technical side of it kind of rescues it a little bit and Mm. the actual the scenes in space and the moon landing itself haven't lost any impact even on a smaller screen to be honest they are the space scenes in this film are absolutely incredible Mm. and the moon landing itself just still Mm. takes my breath away so i still like it overall good um with some yeah minor reservations i don't know i don't know it's a film you could watch over and over again just mm. because it is it is certainly quite cold and i'd say cl- sort of clinically directed in places i think mm. um but uh, yeah it's clinically well directed if mm. that makes sense so mm. yeah that was it was interesting to revisit that because i haven't seen that since the cinema so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah anything else from you um i watched england is mine the uh morrissey oh okay. biopic biopic yeah um that Did was good come across well or yeah yeah (laughs) well to be honest it was just like a if even if it wasn't a morrissey um biopic it would have just been a good movie about a kid who's a bit of an outsider in okay late 70s london and not london sorry manchester who plays him um i don't even know some guy there's no one i don't think there's anyone that main in it there might be i might be really is it neil morrissey yeah because I yeah. used to think, as a kid, I thought Neil Morrissey and Morrissey were the same person. Yeah, they are. Yeah, but he's uh, Bob the Builder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, didn't you know? No. Yeah, yeah. He's really uh, right wing. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a really nicely made film. It was, wasn't was very offensive. It was what, so... age, what age are we focused on him? Is it him growing up as a child to him now? Or is it... No, of, it's so it's a, like him... It's a tighter snapshot. I, I guess he's like 18 and he's um, got his first job because his dad leaves the house so he has to get money in for the rent for his mum and sister and it's kind of basically about him wanting to be something but just not really having the um assertiveness and the passion to go through with it but he's just sort of like I know I'm better than this I know I'm destined for something greater but he just doesn't and it's about people around him really trying to push him and push him through his mental health and his letdowns so it kind of it it ends with him about to start the smiths basically okay so it's that period so that's why i found it really interesting because it, it didn't necessarily have to be a more um 
And Morrissey biopic is just... Um, so he's not the unlikable, blustering, thunder twat that he is at the moment. <laughs> no. But then, and then, like, after watching that film, I was like, oh, I don't really know a lot of the Smiths because it wasn't really just, it wasn't really a band that I really got into. And now I'm like, oh, the Smiths are awesome. I'm really into the Smiths now. And, um, but not, yeah, not so much Morrissey. No. As a, he's just really, this is an aside, he's got some really good ideas, but some really awful morals and other ethics as well. That's my opinion. But yeah, him and Harry Hill have the same style as well, if you notice. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, That's never I don't crossed know who, my mind, to no, be honest, but yeah, no, I can I don't, see that. I don't know who copied who. And then there's that other brilliant thing where Stuart Lee says, like, oh, Morrissey let himself go about himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I always get reminded of that. Yeah. So I watched cool. that. Right. One last one from me. I said I haven't watched much, and I have. I've watched enough, I think. Uh, this is Le Bonheur, or Happiness, um, directed by Agnes Varda, who sadly passed away last week at the age she of did. 90. Um, yeah. And I was kind of... I'd been meaning to catch up with her films, in all honesty. I had. It's not. I'm not just saying that she's passed away. Um, I have been meaning to catch up with the films because Faces Places was supposed to be really, really good, which I think came out last year, mm. possibly the year before. Um, but yeah, and I, I really had no idea about her. I had no idea she was a part of the French New Wave. Um, and I thought I had some knowledge of that movement in cinema, but apparently not as much as I thought. Mm. Um, so thanks to Mubi, uh, a streaming service that if you haven't used, and we always seem to promote them on here, we're not paid to advertise them, but no. they are great. Uh, Mubi thankfully came to my aid and have put up... Um, Two films from Agnes Varda, one of which is Le Bonheur, which is I said Happiness from 1965. Yeah. Um, the kind of gist of this is it focuses on a very happy young couple or young family with two children. They're happily married. The husband meets an attractive um, worker, attractive female in the post office, starts and then it sort of sets on sets about an affair, unfortunately, um, and tries to balance both. It doesn't quite, as as most people who have affairs will attest, it, it doesn't work out too well. Um, and the film follows the film follows the story of this relation of these two relationships essentially. Um, it's a really really interesting film, and I think her use of color again, it's the first Agnes Varda film I've seen, so I can't speak for how it compares to other Agnes Varda films. But my understanding of this film is it's her first film that she shot in color. And mm. uh, my God, does the woman know how to use color in this film? It's mm. just incredible. Just the way the colors pop off the screen, just the the juxtapositions are fantastic. And actually, the whole film is a really interesting juxtaposition because it said it's called happiness. It's, you'll probably work out that it, it doesn't remain happy for the entirety of the film based on the subject matter. But you've got all this going on, and then you've got this juxtaposition of this really jolly music, some really bright colors, some really sort of some really so overtly happy scenes with some not so happy things going on shall we say so it's a really really interesting film um and it's made me want to watch more of her work um there's another mm. one on movie i'll better catch up with but if you haven't seen it or haven't mm. seen any of her films i'd say this is this seems to me from what i've been reading as well seems to be a good place to start i think um again if you don't like the french new wave there's <laughs> you may struggle with this because mm. certainly a lot of the visual elements from the new wave are, are, are in here yeah um there's some awkward cuts and jumps the camera jumps around a bit there's there's no regard for 100 there's this disregard for 180 degree rule that kind of stuff mm. that the, the the french new wave um guys and in this case ladies introduced mm. Mm. um but yeah no i really 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 liked it it's a really really good film cool well i mean i i'm never expecting any film called happiness to be happy after watching todd Solance's no happiness. it's not quite as miserable as that but it's, yeah <laughs> I would, I would, I don't, I'd be interested to see whether Todd Solon's, or Solon's, I always get his name wrong, um, whether or not he's named happiness that because of this film, I'd be intrigued, mm. it might, it may well be. The pursuit of happiness. Yeah, perhaps. Or why. 
perhaps. Well, um, yeah, so yeah, cool. Le Bonheur. See it if Le you Bonheur. haven't. It's on movie, so check it out. Awesome. Anything else? No. No? No, merci. No? Okay. Well, in which case, we're back after this. Ding, with ding, a review ding. of Dumbo. <laughs> Tim Burton's latest live action adaptation of a Disney classic, Dumbo. <laughs> you can tell I'm keen. We'll be back after Yay! this. Yay! Do you want to? You can set up Dumbo this week. Oh no! Tell us, tell us a little bit about the story of Dumbo. Tell oh, us where we are. Tell okay. us how does it relate to the original animated version? Okay. T- tell us a bit about it. Who's I in it? That kind of thing. First of all, say that I am usually really against these stupid live-action remakes of Disney cartoon films. Just as a benchmark for how everything is going to go from now on right. just setting that there hate cinderella hate beauty and the beast probably won't oh, like aladdin and uh lion king is pointless because it is basically just a computer graphic film so that's on the table um dumbo if you don't know the plot of dumbo where have you been um there's a circus a big big elephant gives birth to a little elephant it would be weird if a big elephant gave birth to a big elephant. That'd be like a kind of Russian doll effect. Um, <laughs> little elephant is uh, Dumbo. Dumbo has massive ears. Everyone in the circus is like, "You're a freak, Dumbo. You're crazy. You're we've got. Oh no, we've got to get rid of you. You're rubbish." And he's like, Pow! all the time, and you're just really sad for him. And then it turns out that he can fucking fly, yo! Where is the science? But he can anyway. Um, his mum gets taken away because she gets really angry and protects him um, because everyone's laughing at him and he gets really scared. And he's like... <coughs> so sad. Um, and basically the whole film is about them using Dumbo for his gifts and him just wanting to be with his mummy. That's it. Um, oh, it's got some other characters in it. Um. <laughs> yeah. Who else is in this? We've got Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Um, Eva Green. Eva Green. We have got Michael Keaton with one of the best, oh, yes. sickest haircuts I've ever seen in a film, <laughs> for the record. Um, anyone else that's super main? I don't think so. No, no one else jumps out at me that's a, a main character, to be honest. There is there is someone else main. Is Alan, not Alan Arkin. Why am I saying that? Is he? I don't know. I'm tired. Yeah, anyway. Uh, um, here's a clip. Here's a clip. That's where you'll go next. Here is a clip. <laughs> Welcome. It's for the record, this was not my idea. Dumbo works alone. So do I. Bonjour, Millie. Joe. And you. Hmm, charming. Well, maybe he didn't recognize you without the makeup. So I gotta teach you to fly? I know how to fly. Ever since I was a child. They taught Dumbo to fly, no? So I don't need your expertise. All right. Shall I start off then? Because I know- That that sounded great, didn't it? I know that we disagree on this film, Grace. You can start. Because we briefly talked about this yesterday. I know, Um, I know, you can start, it's fine. Weirdly enough, I'm going to set set my sort of uh, place in the sand, set my flag in the sand about where I stand on these live adaptations first. Yeah. Um, 
I, unless they do something sort of dramatically different, I'm kind of with you. I think I don't see the point of them. The only one that I've seen and really liked was probably Jungle Book because I think that did enough to me. That did enough different from oh, the animation to make about it worthwhile. Jungle Book. What Andy Serkis's or no the, um, the one with Scarjo one. Yeah, gotcha. um, and I really enjoyed Jungle Book. Beauty and the Beast, I was very middling on. I thought it was oh, meh. I didn't Emma, really. I what? thought that was so close to the original mm. film that I, I saw no point in them doing it. You know, she was like such um, a bad singer. They basically had to like re-record loads of her stuff and vocoded her. Like, what is the point of yeah. having a fucking musical and having a non-singing bland person in like she? Like, oh, this is Belle. Is she? Is she? Do you know what the French definition of Belle is? That's not. Her in her voice, in her acting, in her presence, nada. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I probably yeah. I was review. just very, I just was left very nonplussed by Beauty and the Beast, to be honest. And then Lion King, I'm kind of with you at the moment. It just looks like they're going to do a CG version of a hand-drawn animation, which seems pointless. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm ju- yeah. dubious about Lion King, if I'm honest. Yeah. But then I like Jungle Book. So yeah, so I'm not completely anti these. I, I I do see that they they they're there to make money. They obviously are, but then every film, ultimately, every film is, but. I'm not completely anti the idea of them if they do something different enough. So, and Tim Burton is a director that I mostly like, um, with the exception of his previous Disney adaptations, which I really didn't like. Uh, the Alice in Wonderland. I haven't seen the second Alice in Wonderland film. Did he direct the second Alice in Wonderland film? No, it's just okay. his characters. The first one yeah. I didn't. The first one I didn't enjoy at all. So I came into this thinking, okay, Dumbo should be interesting. It's a film that I remember loving as a kid, and it always made me cry as a child. Um, so I came into this one, I'll be honest, I came into this one quite hopeful because Danny DeVito's in it who I love, uh, and Timber, and I thought this could be a return to form for him. Um, it's sad to say then for me that this film left me completely cold, uh, and struggling to stay awake by about the halfway point. I thought that the film was flat. Um, I didn't think Dumbo was that well established as a character, um, it felt to me like someone else was directing a Tim Burton film because they'd, they'd almost like put in all the things that all the things that you would like to relate to a Tim Burton film were in there. But I just, for me, it felt like someone else was going, Oh look, we're making a Tim Burton film here. It almost like felt, it felt to me like paint by numbers, Tim Burton. Uh, and it just left me cold and I did fall asleep at one point. I'll be a hundred percent honest. Um, the film left me cold. I just, I, it just left me really cold and I know you liked it and my wife really enjoyed it and I'm, I'm glad there are people that liked it and I don't you know I don't I don't want to fight about it but it just it left me so cold I just I didn't see the point of it at all I just thought it was me the very definition of live action Disney mediocrity I mean I must add that um it's really weird sitting in Paul's bedroom because like it's, it's, he's got like loads of stuff made of ivory <laughs> and like, and his shoes are like this real weird grey colour. Like, what skin is that? Elephant? Yeah, elephant skin. Elephant yeah, skin. Elephant skin yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying you're biased against <laughs> or for Dumbo as, as, an, as a creature. Um, but, you know, just going to put that out there. Um, yeah, I will say the things I didn't like it about at first, which was Colin Farrell's bland. He usually is bland in anything he does. I think he's a nice chap, like, just says a chap. But as an actor, he's really boring and beguiled, which I think was the last thing I saw him in. I was a bit like, oh, not you. And the same with um, <laughs> Killing of a Sacred Deer. I've been putting that off because I'm like, oh, Colin he's good in Farrell's that, in it. Yeah. I liked him. In he's all right in The, the Lobster. Deer. But yeah. yeah. Um, and the kid actors who played his kids what they called i kept thinking throughout the whole thing he was going billy joe and i was like oh from green day yeah um but they're not they're called millie millie joe 
Um, yeah, so they were a bit bland, but I thought that it was actually a really good return to form for Tim Burton. Um, and as a fan of Tim Burton's stuff, and I like I liked Charlie and the Chocolate Factory a lot, and I didn't think Alice in Wonderland was awful, but I really didn't like like the um, uh, um, Johnny Depp's Mad Hatter. I thought it was I, yeah, I think that's when probably Tim Burton was like, can't really work with you for much longer, Johnny. Um, I even liked Dark Shadows. Um, so and I even liked Peregrine. Not you know it wasn't great, but it okay. was. But in comparison with those films, I thought actually Dumbo was more of a return to his like earlier child film orientated works i thought i i I mean i thought some of the again some of the characters could have been a bit more fleshed out in terms of the actual carnival troupe and 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 it was the script was blatantly aimed at like littlies which i think is fine i think for example with the um, prequels to star wars i think a lot of people give those films a lot of shit and you know hardcore Star Wars fans probably rightly so but ultimately George Lucas wrote those with children a child audience in mind so there's a lot of stuff as adults we're not gonna like you know children might think Jar Jar Binks is really adorable but we're like oh god he's annoying isn't he um so yeah there's there's that so I thought some of like the script wasn't specifically directed at me so I did get a bit like until Michael Keaton's character came in I was just like yeah okay this could be written a bit better but I thought like aesthetically like the minute it pans into the into the circus troupe and their rehearsals the colour was just so gorgeous and I was just like oh yeah, god I, Tim I, you're so beautiful no, I'll give you that I think the I think the production design was, was superb oh. in terms of like the world that he's created I think it, and, and yeah so the production design was good yeah. so it's not all negative for yeah. me as much, as much as it left me cut the film the film itself left me cold but there were there were some positive elements here yeah, production design was great yeah. completely with you on that one um, and the the effects work on, on Dumbo himself was yeah. fantastic oh, so the special effects are great there's 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 things to like i just wish the film engaged me more i just wish it that wasn't the only things i took away from it and maybe you fell asleep during like the best bits maybe you fell asleep you know you know yeah i i I, my major thing with it was i thought it was really brave of tim burton who's like had a real like lifelong relationship with disney like if we bear in mind he started off his film career drawing panels for Disney like I he did uh, yeah he okay. did um Fox and the Hound right um he was I, I'm not sure if he was the sketch artist or the colorer but he definitely worked on that film anyway so he's been working with Disney for a long time to have a character in there with, who is like forms this place called Dreamland which is essentially like Disneyland and then have it like completely crumble. I thought that was like so brave and amazing for Tim Burton to do that to just go. Yeah, it was a deliberate. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of feel like that's really hilarious. Like, because because and I thought that whole Dreamland, um, whether it was I don't know if if some of it was practically built or whether it was all CGI, but I thought that looked flipping amazing with the nightmare land and the, and the roller coasters and the oh and that whole scene where the um the fat all this um circus troupe they all come along to dreamland because dumbo's been picked up by evil michael keaton and they've got the parade and that reminded me of like um the clowns in the batman movies and stuff i was just like that's felt so that whole scene felt like so tim burtony to me and i was just but like I, I, this is so good and the only i think i just think if it had a different cast in it i think it would have it would have lifted it 
it and would have engaged people so much more. But I think I'm with you. I see where you're coming from in the fact you can spot the things that Tim Burton does and for sure. But I just think why... You've done them here, but it's almost like do something a little bit different because you you said about the clown situation when you were Batman Returns. Yeah. But it's done better in Batman Returns. Oh, yeah, completely. It's so definitely not... But it's, it's... If you can't improve on it, don't do it twice, would be my argument, But I it's guess. what he does. He, he loves yeah. clowns. He puts he clowns, clowns in everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't... I, in comparison with the original, I mean... Yeah, the I mean, the original... The oh the pink elephant scene the the march of the elephants that was that was, that was so cool. yeah, good yeah. that was that was one of I the more, cried one of the better moments I cried me, during but. that with the with the and and Elfman's score and everything I was just like this is so cool and little Dumbo's face he's like wow that's amazing I was like I know isn't it and I know he didn't get drunk in it he doesn't talk in this either does he no he doesn't no. and there's no um, crows. No. In this one, which I guess maybe I don't know. Yeah, I just, I know, yeah, that's part of my problem. I would almost have liked if he talked because we'd have a bit more character than he had. I mean, he was very cute Aww. in terms of like how he looks and stuff, Aww. but I just, I thought he was. But you could tell his emotion. You mm. could tell when he was sad, when he missed his mummy, when he was, he was like, I impressed the kids with my feather. Oh, I can fly. Look, everyone, I'm so happy. I'm scared. There's fire. You could tell he's just a little cute creature, but you could tell through his little. <laughs> Loises, he was so good, and I thought Eva Green was like mesmerizing. I thought her the like the costume was the design was incredible, and I and it, she actually proved herself in this film to be not just the new woman that t- t- um, Tim Burton cast in his movie since he split up with Helena Bonham Carter. Do you know what I mean? Like she actually looked like, and, and she actually had a natural French accent in this because I was like, oh, that's a good French accent, bit over the top. But I was like, oh, she's French. I didn't even yeah, know. Yeah. Bloody hell! But yeah, I think if they hadn't had Colin Farrell in it. <laughs> And maybe actually used um, actors um, who were actually real. I mean, maybe they are, but like actual circus performers. And pe- do you know what I mean? Because I think you could tell the circus performers were just like normal people who don't actually have those yeah. skills. I guess maybe I don't know. But but I, where does this where does this rate to you? <clears throat> rate to you against the other live adaptations live action adaptations oh it's definitely the best one okay well, for me more just because so well yeah, yeah because like i the thing with jungle book is like i love the original jungle book so much and again it is just like a part um and i even like the original live action adaptation where they have like real animals in it okay did you ever see that one no i don't think so it's really good okay that's like that's more aimed at adults i guess but it had actual animals in it so it was like a real gritty version so i liked the jungle book um but again it was like just cartoon to me and i think that's what's gonna happen with the lion king i haven't seen andy circus's version of the jungle book it's interesting yeah Uh, yeah, it does it's a darker take on it i think it does it does enough different to justify its existence i think yeah um um but you know you're right we didn't ask for a dumbo remake and from a like but unfortunately, with Tim Burton, some of his films just get lost under the radar nowadays. Like, Big Eyes was such a good movie. I haven't seen Big Eyes yet. Really good. I mean, it got... Oh, I Big th- Fish him as well. Big Fish was him, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and that that got completely lost. People, no one, no one's really heard of Big Eyes, but, no. you know, it was, a, it was a well-constructed, well-acted, great, like, real-life story. Um, so, I, I just, I feel like... 
a modern day audience just can't get on board with someone who is so stylistically in their own world. Do you know what I mean? I th- I feel like people just want to see a movie and they don't want it to definitely that director's vision anymore. I think, does that make sense? Like, I can't think of any directors working today apart from Tim Burton who have a very specific um, score, cinematography, um, plot points that are very much like, oh, that is definitely that person's film. Do you know, does that make sense? Apart, yeah, maybe Tarantino, but still, he's like kind of around the same time as Burton yeah, in a way. Yeah, there's not as many auteurs. Yeah, completely, at, and and so that's why I I still give Tim Burton a lot of respect because it is that was still definitely a t- I was definitely felt like I was in Tim Burton's See, that's world bizarre because I I felt like it was I felt like it was for example they'd given it they'd gone oh. Hi, Paul. You host Strangers in the Cinema. Do you want to make Dumbo? And I'm like, yeah, right. I'll make Dumbo for you, Disney. No oh, problem. Really? Oh, um... what do I need to put in to make it feel like a Tim Burton film? And then they can just call it a Tim Burton film. I just felt like he was sort of... It's it bizarre. It just felt to me like Tim Burton was almost... Ticket. It was like someone else was going, we're going to make a Tim Burton film now. It didn't... It had those elements, but to me it had none of the magic I would associate with, with Tim Burton's best stuff. It's so... definitely not his best stuff, but I definitely was sort of like, oh, he still got it really and i felt like for a film that wasn't necessarily needed he did the best with what i I mean it might come out that there were loads of production problems because i can imagine he (laughs) as usual he probably had a completely different like loads of other bits that he wanted to put in and then like i know um he had problems with planet of the apes didn't he where there were loads of stuff that he couldn't do and it was all a big production disaster so i don't know but yeah i i really i you you say it was forgettable. I can remember every single point, even the bit when he's like Dumbo's dressed as a clown and he comes out and the, and then I was I was awake for that bit. Yeah, it was yep. so sad. <laughs> oh my goodness! And I loved that bit where um, Eva Green is like practicing. What's her? I don't even know the character's name. Sorry, but yeah, and she's like they're trying to practice um, flying in the air and then they both fall on the net and he's like poof and they're just like oh, is this really gonna work? And it was just like like it's so cute. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I didn't Soz. as much. I think, I think, um, I think you'll enjoy it a second time, especially when you're awake for all of it. Okay. I mean, I think I felt like I was asleep for about five, ten minutes, so not long. I don't think I missed a lot of it, in all honesty. Um, I think you'll like it second but, time around. But no, I, I think it needed, I, I think for it to have been an even better movie, it needed a different cast. Not, not DeVito or Michael Keaton, because they were so mm, good. Yeah. Um, Michael Keaton's a really good villain. Yes, he um, awesome. He's such a baddie. And I really liked that Nightmare Land. That was so Burton-esque. That was yeah. so cool. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like, yeah, I just felt like some of the supporting cast, and yeah, Colin Farrell just, oh, just stop it, casting him in Leeds. He's a Fair supporting, enough. he's a bloody supporting. <laughs> and his, his one arm was a bit distracting. Wasn't it like the CGI wasn't great on that? I no, didn't it wasn't think. The best. And and I I liked the moral message with the daughter not wanting to just be a performer. She wanted to use her mind, and that the ter- this kind of turn of a century where like essentially their world is about to become irrelevant because this whole new wave of technology and entertainment is about to come through. So it, I liked the historical context yeah. within Tim Burton's world in that respect as well. 
Good. Yeah. Well, yeah, said I'm glad you took something from it because it, yeah, it's it's nice that someone's enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That pretty much brings us to the end of the show, though. You got no more to say about Dumbo? No, really, I, no, truly. It just left me. Truly. It just left me a bit cold and a little bit sad, if I'm honest. Really? Well, because yeah. well, were you sad when you got reunited with Mummy Dumbo with, with Mummy Jumbo? I lost interest at that point. Really? Yeah. God, you're so heartless, aren't you? That's what it is. Is because you're I'm, so I'm you just you're just like you hadn't you like hope Dumbo doesn't get his mum back because then he'll learn hey. a lesson not to be in these sh- these shitty movies. Yeah, and yeah, but if Dumbo didn't get his mum back, or if then would I'd, that have been I'd a better some, movie? I'd have had some new shoes. Yeah, exactly. And, new <laughs> and a new flask. Shoes. Yes, exactly. And a yeah. flask and a, a leather coated TV remote. Yeah, I say leather coated. Whatever, elephant leather TV. Elephant remote. hide. Yeah. Uh, so yes, an, an elephant hide jacket. That's where I'm going. Yes, I'm definitely. Going yeah. Uh, yeah. So enough of elephant hide. Um, that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. Uh, next week, I think we're going to have a double a double feature review for you because yeah. this week we have got uh, Pet Cemetery coming out as we discussed earlier, and yeah. Shazam is out this weekend yeah. as well, which I've already seen. So I'm excited to talk about you that have. one. Um, so yeah, in the meantime, find us on at Strangers Cinema on Twitter, Strangers in a Cinema on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and that's everything from me. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Shut up and sit down.